Hey everybody, welcome to the Kids Like You and Me podcast. We're very excited to have on our show, Devin Burns. Devin is currently living in New Bedford and he is the owner of Destination Soups. He put on the amazing 4752 Festival in October of 2019 and plays bass in Picnic Lunch, which is one of our favorite groups in New England. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that, but uh, thank you, Devin, for joining us today. Of course. Thank you so much. Yeah, I missed some you. of your introduction. I'm not sure if that was a, if that was a, a, a glitch in the matrix or what, but, uh, but I'm assuming it was all good. So hopefully the, hopefully the connection will, will hold up throughout so we we hope so we're currently there's i don't know how the uh if you're affected by the snowstorm is it yeah yeah so now it's now it's it's snowing well it was snowing probably worse just a few hours ago but um yeah it was a kind of a non-event up until a few hours ago but uh yeah so now <laughs> who knows who knows i don't know it's hey. been raining and yeah been clear, so we'll see what happens no, absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. No, go on, Chris. Full, disclo full disclosure, as I, <laughs> as I was talking about Glenn and Devin beforehand, I am slowly weaning off Nomakin from a dental <laughs> appointment. So I'm just giving that as a <clears throat> full disclosure. But uh, I wanted to add to Glenn's <clears throat> introduction that uh, you mentioned that Devin plays bass. <laughs> You also sing in Think Think in Think Think Lunch as well. Um, Vocals are an instrument too. Yeah, you absolutely do sing, yeah. and you write songs. I do. Right. Yeah, I mean, most of the uh, most of the the artistic, um, you know, heavy lifting and stuff is is from Michael. But um, but yeah, I write a, I write a few songs and sing a few songs, and I sing backups when I when I get a chance. Hey, buddy. So um, awesome. yeah, so um, it's kind of a collaborative effort. Michael does most of the, Michael does most of the, re, the, the writing and, um, and most of the singing. And uh, I try to back them up when I can and uh, try to write songs when I can as well, so. Yeah, no, I, I noticed, uh, I was listening on Spotify to Picnic Lunch's album, Your Boy. I don't know if that's pronounced correctly. I hope so. But I noticed that uh, it was awesome in, because you have an option where you can see the song credits. So I was perusing the song credits. And yeah, I definitely noticed uh, Michael and then you writing down those songs. Yeah. Um, yeah, we try to stagger it in sets as well. I think it's, it's not kind of keep the energy up so that one person isn't... Um, you know, pushing as much and then, you know, they can step back a little bit. No, definitely. Can you tell us a little bit about the show that Picnic Lunch played in 2020? Yeah, sure. Um, so that was, that was in, uh, well, we played one in November of uh, 20 in Providence at dusk. Mm -hmm. um, and they were doing sort of an outside um 
thing where they kind of took over their parking lot and it was a we were actually blessed with like a really nice night that night it was november it was like mid-november but it was like 60 degrees it was amazing so it's awesome uh just kind of worked out the stars aligned and um uh mini beast actually asked us to play on that show with them um so you know shout out to peter for asking us in the first place and getting us on that bill but um yeah it was really it was just a great night and it was um you know therapeutic in a lot of ways and you know cathartic and all those icks because you know obviously like a lot of people any chance we got to play we you know we kind of jump at right now because there's yeah that was one of the only that was yeah that was one of the only like rock and roll shows i think that i saw pop up other than like drive-ins or whatever but maybe i just wasn't looking but when i saw that i was like wow this could i'm wondering how that went because that might be a little bit of a harbinger for what could happen maybe during the spring you think sure yeah definitely i mean they had a really great setup and um and i I was talking to the guy rick who runs dusk and he was trying to keep it going you know until the weather got really bad Mm -hmm. Um, and now they're doing sort of uh either live stream or you know performances tape performances in the venue itself but it seems to me that as soon as things the weather improves that he'll be back to the old format um you know in the spring because uh i think he was having shows up until december until it got you know a little ridiculously cold out there so um but yeah i mean it was it was it was just a great night and a really great you know vibe and everything the way they were doing it was just very uh you know conscious you know of COVID, it's all outdoor, it's all open air, you know, social distancing, all that. So it was, you know, you felt comfortable playing and it was great sound and it was just a really great night. I was really happy to be a part of that. So, um, so awesome. Yeah. Um, and then we actually, just before the holiday, we just, uh, Christmas, we, um, we recorded a set at ASU 20, which will be, uh, it was a live, basically, it was kind of weird because we're playing in ASU 20, but there's there's no one there except for, um, you know, a couple tech people who are doing camera and sound and all that stuff. Oh, wow. And you're playing That's in great. The stage. Yeah, you're playing in the stage of the room, which is a great room anyway. Um, you know, so it's a little bit weird. Uh, <laughs> just a weird <laughs> experience, but, um, you know, that's all recorded. And I guess they're, uh, that's, they're going to release that at some point. We're going to, you know, probably do a little post or whatever as it comes closer. That's going to be early April. I guess they're going to release that. So, oh, yeah, I mean, great. some venues down here doing that they're doing that kind of you know pivoting and doing you know trying to keep keep you know artists playing and keep the venues going and you know just kind of reinventing how to do things which is kind of how what we're going to do for a little bit here anyway so yeah we're we're forced into that position it seems so you've got to adapt and that's uh see providence i guess is there they're always a little bit ahead of the curve, maybe. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. There, you know, you know, with you guys and with Dan Shea, and there's a lot of really cool stuff going up in Boston. Um, you know, I think for a long time, my perception of Boston was there wasn't as much going on, you know, but I think now, you know, I think there is a lot going on. And um, I don't know. I mean, obviously, you know, with, with ASU 20 and, you know, they're like a, they have sort of this iconic place that's been around forever. So I'm kind of glad they're able to kind of, you know, reinvent things and, you know, themselves and kind of figure it out and, you know, get through it. And, and I was saying that with Boston, kind of the disadvantage that Boston has, as 
Providence and some of the smaller cities is some of these more main mainstream or, you know, above ground venues that are dealing with, you know, higher rents and, you know, stuff like that, that, you know, it's, if you don't have people coming through the doors, it's going to be really hard to keep those doors open. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's an unfortunate situation, but I mean, yeah, I I know a lot of places are getting crushed right now. So it's, it's good, you know, it's good when places can, you know, think of ways outside the box to maybe bring a little revenue in or keep the, you know, keep the artist playing, you know? Right. hundred percent. Yeah. And along those lines, I'm, I'm an, uh, adapting. <laughs> yeah. It's a little tough for me. It's hard. It's stuff, hard. But, I'm sorry, Chris. Uh, it's all right. Feel free to laugh. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously when you're running, uh your 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 business uh yeah <clears throat> uh how has that been during uh during covid um i mean it's been it's been challenging for sure um you know for people who don't know i just run a i run a small soup and sandwich shop like a more of a lunch spot down here in new bedford and we've had to cut back hours and kind of just focus on the stuff that we were really good at and you know where the business was mainly which was more lunch so we cut back hours and we cut the staff a little bit and um we were able to do a an initiative early on in covid where we were getting paid by um harvard pilgrim to provide uh soup and stuff to seniors house homebound seniors through the covid uh you know through the epidemic and um that really floated us for probably three months uh where there wasn't much else going on where everyone was kind of, you know, hunkering down and scared and not really going out. So without that, I don't know really where we'd be. Um, thankful that it came around when it did. And, um, you know, so, I mean, sort of since then it's been, you know, staffing have been an issue and, you know, every sort of little health, you know, scare that kind of comes up, you have to take super serious. So that's been challenging in terms of COVID scares and, you know, um, losing employees for time periods of time and stuff like that. But we're just, yeah, I'm just really trying to just weather the storm. And, um, you know, I, I just, I'm, I'm just thankful that I'm in sort of the position that I'm in just to, you know, that I'm a little bit better off, you know, like just in a better position than a lot of places that maybe relied on, you know, $30 entrees or relied on the bar or, you know, we didn't, we didn't count on any of that to in the first place, um, to pay the bills. So, our restaurant was sort of set up, you know, it was conducive to COVID anyway, because we were already doing sort of fast casual and a lot of takeout. So kind of, you know, we we're feeling it, but it's not, it's not crushing us like it is some other people. So. Right. You know, that's right. Was there a strong, like a strong presence prior to COVID or maybe it's, I don't know if you've noticed any uptick in recent months or whatever with our people, I, I suppose you got a lot of like people on lunch break and stuff like that. Are those people coming, are they going back to work in buildings or people are still just like venturing out to, to place orders and do takeout kind of thing? Yeah, it's hard to say. I think, you know, some of that sort of, you know, concrete, you know, staple, you know, everyday work crowd that we were getting, some of that has dried up for sure. But I think that, just to 
to sort of fatigue of COVID and, you know, people wanting to get out and people wanting to support small business, which I think is, you know, it's a real, it's a real, um, you know, conscious effort by a lot of people to go out and support restaurants right now. So I think, you know, we've, we've sort of welcomed a new set of regulars along the way. And um, we still have some of our old, you know, clients coming in supporting us. And so it's changed a bit for sure. But, um, you know, like I said, I, I just, I'm just thankful to be sort of where we're at <laughs> by comparison to a lot of totally. places. So I can't, I can't complain really at all, but, um, you know, it's been, it's been really tough for a lot of people, you know, so, um, yeah. So, yeah. so you'd, you'd been there since 2008. Yeah. So we opened our doors in December, 2008 which was the start of the sort of financial crisis. <laughs> and then we, uh, we sort of underwent this uh, three-year uh, construction project right outside our uh, doors. And then, um, you know, I, I think the interesting thing about downtown is we were really sort of getting some traction leading to this in terms of uh, sort of a critical mass in terms of more and more businesses opening and um, more and more businesses sort of thriving. Um, I would say, you know, 2019, 2018, um, I think we were on the cusp of sort of, you know, really kind of, I'm not going to say blowing up, but, you know, just a really healthy downtown in terms of a commercial district. And um, this definitely, you know, I think took that a few steps back. I think a lot of the, a lot of the staple businesses are still there and still hanging on, but it's definitely slowed some of that momentum down for sure. But yeah, in, in business, I've been there for 12 years now. So, which is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like so you, you've been in the culinary arts for a while i imagine yeah pretty much my entire working yeah my entire adult life you know i started out as the dishwasher and then you know the fry cook called out and then i went to fry later and then mm-hmm. you know the pizza guy called out and then i went to you know sort of old school style um kind of came up the ranks and you know i've just been doing it for such a long time i went to new york for i was lived in new york for nine years um and, you know, worked in restaurants down there and learned a lot there and came back in 2008 and opened D soups. So, yeah, it was interesting. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. yeah I, I was actually going to ask you, Mona. <clears throat> I didn't realize that I, <clears throat> you lived in New York during that time before that, but were you playing in ma- um, bands before picnic lunch? Yeah, um, yeah. I I sort of on and off. I've been playing, you know, for the last twenty twenty five years. Uh, you know, to varying degrees of seriousness. Um, but uh, you know, I think I started dabbling a bit in college, and um, and then yeah, uh, had a couple bands. You know, when I first lived in New Bedford and then went to New York and I had a, a band, we were called, we were called Modern Day Urban Barbarians. It was a two-piece uh, sort of noise rock. Um, it was me and a drummer, who a really sick drummer, Jesse Wallace, who's, who's still in New York, holding it down. Um, and uh, we, you know, we played with a bunch of, you know, we tried, we were kind of in that sort of version, you know, we were in Brooklyn at the time and, you know, Brooklyn early, you know, late you know, early 2000s, it was like, a, it was kind yeah. of blowing up. It was truly so, uh, you know, I mean, we, you know, we didn't, 
reap any of the benefits of that. But um, we, you know, rubbed shoulders with some of those guys at the time. And, um, you know, it was, it was, a, it was a great time to be there. It was really exciting. There was a lot of amazing shows going on and uh, it was just a really cool energy just to be there and, you know, be a bit younger and kind of just be a, you know, a small part of that. It was really, it was a great, great time to be there for me. So. Yeah. Are there any venues or, or stuff that stick out or bands that you really enjoyed watching at that time? Oh yeah. I mean, uh, I was, phew, man. Uh, so there was, um, there was the young ones. They were putting on a lot of shows. Um, then there's this guy, Todd Patrick, Todd P who was putting oh, yeah. on a bunch of shows. Um, and I was sort of, I was a much smaller fish in that pond, but I was also curating shows at the time. Um, but we would do stuff at Glass House. We would do stuff at Asterisk Art Space out in Bushwick. We would do space at um, the Flux Factory. Um, a lot of sort of like, you know, reclaimed warehouse spaces that were sort of artist havens. Um, and then, you know, Warsaw opened, which was actually right across the that was in Greenpoint, which is right across the street from my first apartment in New York when the corner of Driggs and Eckford Street. Um, <clears throat> and I saw I saw Lightning Bolt and USA is a monster there. And um, I mean, it was just a yeah, it was just a, it was just crazy. There was like shows, you know, there was probably two or three like amazing shows going on in my neighborhood, you know, a week that you you'd go there and there'd be like, you know, 300 people there. And it was just insane. I mean, it was just a really cool and I was working a lot. So, I mean, I wasn't, I probably wasn't in, you know, in the scene, I wasn't a scene stir, but um, you know, I, I appreciated it and was, you know, like I said, a small part of it. And it was just this cool energy of like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. As we were kind of breaking at that time and TV on the radio, I knew, I knew Kip, Kip was working at the cafe um, right on Bedford Ave at the time. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was just a, just so a cool it was, time. It's like it was like a it was it did feel sort of like a scene quote unquote oh yeah for sure i mean there was a bunch interpol was coming out like um wow gee man there's so many bands uh um you ever see the walkman the dirt the yeah the, uh yeah they were playing the dirty projectors are playing they were playing a free show every time at uh this cafe right on bedford ave um i mean there's just it was just crazy yeah it was yeah. just a lot of <laughs> And sort of uh, one thing I you know, really liked when it, when I first got there, early early 2000s, I'd say 2000, I don't know, three or whatever, maybe four, was sort of the electric clash scene. You know, you had, um, uh, geez, uh, Ghost Exits was this band they were playing and they were really, they were great in this other band. Um, I mean, there was just a lot of, uh, what the hell were there? <laughs> Anyway, I don't know. It was just a really cool energy yeah. of this sort of like punk, punk aesthetic and and live electronics and just like a devil may care attitude, just like kind of capturing that like you know late seventies punk ethos. And it was just trashy and cool. And I don't know. It was just a great time to be there. You know, for me, it was just, it was it was great. Yeah. <clears throat> did you <clears throat> did you go to uh uh. It's called um, Death by Audio. No, so I mean, uh, I, I know I knew of Death by Audio, but I think that was kind of like a little more sort of on the tail end of my my tenure in, in Brooklyn. I knew that it was maybe popped up in two, I guess two thousand seven ish, two thousand six. Um, 
And like, like I said, I mean, I was always working a lot. So, I mean, I, I, I didn't soak up that scene probably as much as I could have. Um, just because that's, you know, that's the one problem, you know, with big city living is, is there's so much going on, but you're also hustling so hard right. to pay the bills. So it's almost like, a, uh, you know, it's almost, I don't know. It's, it's kind of like a, a torture in a way because you're like, ah, you know, I know there's X, Y, and Z happening in town tonight, but I can't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm working. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I found it a little frustrating sometimes because, yeah, you know, I, I wasn't a trust fund kid or anything like that. So. No, right. Yeah, you're just grinding it out. Yeah. Uh, even in Boston, you can feel that way sometimes, maybe not to that extent, but like, um, just there being like <clears throat> tons of stuff going on, especially like, I don't know, like 10 years ago or so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not being able to whether it's like work or just just being too expensive. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard to balance it all, you know. And um, like I said, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade my time there for anything. I mean, it was great. I was glad I was there when I was there and all that. But um, you know, sometimes you right. miss sometimes you miss some some really amazing things that you could have could have seen, you know. So the way it goes yeah definitely um when when you moved to new bedford in 2008 um had you been there in the past uh and you lived in new bedford before you went to new york yeah so i originally i'm originally from salem mass and uh i came down to this area to go to umass dartmouth and um through a mutual friend, you know, through some mutual friends at UMass, I met Michael Ribeiro, who's the, the you know, MR, the, the lead singer guitarist and my pretty much my best friend in, in New Bedford. And I lived here for about seven years and then I moved to New York and then came back to the area. Um, so I had some friends who had opened some businesses downtown here and um, I had uh, met my wife in New York at the, you know, over that time. And when we came back, she was looking for a school, uh, she's a school teacher. She was looking for teaching positions and New Bedford had a teaching position open. So she applied and we got the job and then we moved back here. And I, I didn't necessarily want to move back here. I think the plan was to move to Providence. That was kind of where we had our original, uh, you know, target but um it just worked out that we went back to new bedford and then um this original space for the soup shop came available was available and i just took a chance and the rest is history we've been here for whatever uh 20 uh sorry 13 years now so wow yeah, yeah. and now we have two kids and wow uh house and you know real adult yeah <laughs> real good adult for stuff, you. you that's know? amazing yeah yeah, so it's it's been it's been a great it's been a wild you know it's been a wild ride. My my romance with New Bedford's been on and off uh, over the years, but I keep coming back. So I gotta I gotta love it, you know. The proof's in the pudding if I keep coming back to it. So yeah, totally. Uh, I mean we yeah we've only been a few t <clears throat> to New Bedford a few times, but it's been awesome every time we've been. Yeah, yeah it's um 
It's it's a great yeah. town. I mean, I, I didn't want to move anywhere from New York. I didn't want to move anywhere. So, you know, I didn't want to move to some super, you know, um, you know, lily white uh, suburb, you know, and I think the thing about New Bedford is that it's got a, it's got a, like a real, it's kind of gritty for sure. That's a shout out to you, Glenn. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know it's it's got a it's got a really rich history and some really you know rich culture and some great restaurants and food and it's got its own thing going on for sure so i mean it's always been you know a place that i found very interesting and um you know i knew that it wouldn't be a move into you know um you know some super normal like you know outskirts suburb or anything it's a small city it's got its own thing going on so now it's 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 an amazing place. I remember I went there. I think for, I remember it was it was a weird timing because it was right around the time where I had been ta- first started talking to Mike Mountain. Sure. And I, yeah. I I was sent down to New Bedford for work, and I I just uh, I just remember really loving it. Just something about it I just loved. Yeah. And then. And then eventually getting the opportunity to play down there because of Mike uh, inviting us down was just amazing to kind of see the trap house and, you know, that side of it. Cause I was just, I had only been there during the daylight hours kind of for work thing, but um, sure. that was great. But then something my wife can't stop. Uh, she says, I can't stop talking about it ever since it happened was the four, seven, five, two fest. <laughs> I've, I've literally been talking about it like m- more than I should like every day since it's happened. It, it <laughs> yeah, was I appreciate life changing. Yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate that, man. It was it was a great it was a great event. I was really happy it came off the way it did. So it was great. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and Anthem put myself in that camp as well. Um, being <clears throat> just very enthusiastic about the whole fest because. We've never seen or experienced anything like that before where an entire crowd um, migrated together to each performance and a different, entirely different venue for each performance. Um, uh, you could probably describe it a little bit clearer than I can. Yeah, um, if you want to just give, give your, for people that aren't listening, because obviously we, we can't speak highly enough of this event that took place uh back in october of 2019 it doesn't feel that long ago but like saying it seems like oh that's that was like over almost a year over a year and a half ago which yeah it's a weird it's, it's like a, a weird thing ago. yeah exactly yeah. but would you want to describe it for people that might not know yeah sure um so i mean i've always been into kind of putting on together shows and i thought you know, what, wouldn't it be cool to have an event in New Bedford, a free all ages event that rotated venues so that you weren't exhausting a single venue and you weren't exhausting a single host. So you have almost like a series of mini concerts, but they were all staggered in terms of starting times. So it wasn't like a festival where you know, you're, you have one stage over here with someone playing and you have another stage over there with someone playing simultaneously and you have to decide who to see. So the, I think the idea as I think, I think Glenn, sorry guys, I, I think Glenn mentioned it or it was, or no, maybe Chris, I don't know, but it was the idea that was that the audience would migrate 
in mass along to the to the show that was I, I want it to be free. So, you know, people could come and just check out their, their one friend's band and then leave or they could come and stay for 10 hours of music, you know? So it was kind of open to interpretation, open to, um, you know, whoever wanted to come and see whatever. So that was kind of the idea. And um, all the businesses that I hit up um, were super into it. Everyone was really stoked and really excited to have it and host it. All the bands were really cool and, super into it you know obviously the thing with this is you need to keep set times you know pretty tight and you need to you know keep things you know manageable so that it's not you're not exhausting um anyone's you know time or or patience too much so um you know i think it just it it was i was delighted with the way it came out really i mean it was just like it came off better than i could have expected it to come off um and that's not to say you know, from my credit, it's just a credit to the thing itself and the credit to the, the crowd and the credit to the performers and everyone. I mean, it was just a collaborative effort. You know, I was sort of the catalyst to put it together, but, um, you know, I couldn't have done it without any, you know, without any, without all those people. So it was just great. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I made a, a list of my favorite shows ever and uh, that, that made the list. It was one of the best shows I've ever, I've never been to in my life. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah that's easily. awesome. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was just so deep. It was, it, it was truly exemplified, sort of that do do it yourself spirit. And yeah, fact, I I appreciate yeah. it, man. It's that was great. Yeah, you were, I mean, get, we you were, were getting um, locals coming in too that maybe yeah. and you know really nothing to do with the music scene, so to speak. Just regular people just coming to check out things, along with like obviously people that are in the know just what a sure. great combination yeah, yeah i think yeah i think it was you know i just wanted to be like i said just sort of like an open freeform thing where people could just come and pop in and see whatever you know and and it it, it kind of worked out worked out so i wanted to do it um you know real quick i wanted to follow up and do a 2020 you know edition but obviously covid got in the way and then sort of last minute i was exploring there's a really cool mill actually in the mill that the trap house used to be in. They have a roof. Um, and I was trying to get a stripped down version of maybe, you know, six or seven bands to do like almost like a roof show with rotating stages. Um, but that was, it was just kibosh. It was just too crazy. And uh, the, you know, the restrictions in terms of the city that they still hadn't lifted their individualized um, COVID restrictions at the time. And, you know, I had to just pass this year, but I'm hoping by fall next year, you know, it's definitely something I want to keep doing. Um, I need to do those kinds of things to keep myself, um, you know, I like, I like having projects to look forward to. And I like having projects to kind of keep, keep myself, you know, sort of in the scene, if you will, as much as I can be. And, um, you know, always just kind of grinding for the next thing. So I, I really enjoyed it and I'd love to keep it going. Yeah, absolutely. Please do. Um, yeah, we'd love to go to the next one. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, um, no, in any form, whatever. Yeah, because I remember the literally this this happens this the same. I felt the exact. I mean, yeah, even more so because it was you know kind of local. But I always have the same feeling. I'm sure Chris does too. We're so used to going down to Memphis for Goner Fest that yeah, always <laughs> it seems like the day when it ends. I always say. 
damn, can't wait till next Goner Fest. And obviously, of course, it's a, it's a whole year later. But I remember feeling that exact same way after, you know, the 4752 Fest was just, I just can't wait till the next one. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a kid at Christmas, you know, the 26th comes yep. around. They're like, you know, when's Christmas, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's great. I appreciate I appreciate that. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it as much as you did. And I, I enjoyed it. And I think a lot of people, you know, thought it was thought it was fun. So anyone listening out there, you know, you have the open invitation to uh, come check out New Bedford probably next October. Hopefully, I'll, you know, all things. Hoping the crossed. vaccine rolls out and yep. yeah, numbers drop and all that good stuff. But, um, you know, I'd like to do it. I think it's just good for just good for people's health and you know, geez, I mean, just human interaction and just getting out there and doing stuff, you know, it's right. Yeah. I imagine it'll be like, it'll be more triumphant than ever when it returns. Like I just have this weird, it's it's almost like you talk about kid on Christmas. I can't even imagine. (laughs) Yeah, totally. It's like, uh, yeah, I think, I think it's just all, all the sort of the artists and musicians are just like all pent up, you know, just really want to get out there and do their thing a lot of people have been cranking out cranking out records and that's amazing to see um mm. you know but i, I like it to, I, I think the live the live thing is just a different thing you know it's just a different monster you can't really right. make, you know you can't really uh substitute it i don't think you know no totally it fulfills uh, a different it fulfills a different a different avenue for me you know recording is great but playing live is is its own thing so
and that never occurred to me until now. But is there any connection with um, you started picnic lunch in two thousand nine, right? A year after starting uh, opening uh, De <clears throat> Destination Soups in 2008, is there any like um, connection with the uh, food, you know, in the, in the name of Picnic Lunch uh, or with your history in the culinary world, uh, you know, when, when, as an impetus for the name Picnic Lunch? Well, it's interesting. I, uh, I would say, well, Michael is solely responsible for the name of the band. Um, it kind of came to him, as he explains it, through a, through a, like a, a Russian painting that said like, uh, basically the loose, per, you know, the loose translation was Picnic Lunch and it had uh, some, you know, these people like uh, bathing by the riverside with like a, you know, like a picnic lunch set outside. And he was like, oh, it's such a nice scene, you know? So we thought that was a kind of a cool name for the band, which we all concurred, you know, at the time. But I think, I think you're right. I think there's like a, there's definitely a passion of food, um, certainly with Michael and myself and, and Mac, our, our current drummer, and who's been a great addition to the band for the last couple of years. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we, for for a point, we were calling ourselves the best fed, best fed band in New Bedford, and you know, I think kind of whenever we go out, we do these sort of weekend jaunts and uh, little mini tours, and always the, the benefit of that is, you know, where are we going to eat? You know, so <laughs> it's <laughs> that's awesome. It's kind of you know, music music first and food's a very close second always with us. So um, so I mean, I think there's a passion of, for food for sure throughout the band. Um, and always has been, you know, sometimes we'll have, we'll bring snacks for, snacks for practice and, uh, you know, we'll share, share our food and, uh, you know, give each other food, food as gifts. So I think it's, it's definitely part of ident our identity at this point, for sure. So. Nice. And, yeah. uh, <clears throat> I mean, 2009 too. Uh, mm. That's, I mean, 12 years is a really long time for, for a band to be together. So I know that you knew Mike, what, since like the 90s, right? So, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, so that obviously I think points into it that you guys are already friends for him. But, but still, though, I'm saying like I'm just want to say that that's just amazing to be in a band for 12 years because a lot of bands don't make it, don't make it that long. Sure, yeah, it's, it's interesting, you know, I think it's, it's, we say, you know, 12 years is kind of when Michael and I, you know, Mike's, Mike's a really great songwriter and Mike's a super interesting guy and he's been kind of playing all along and um, he was doing some solo, solo stuff when I kind of first moved back. And I think the, you know, kind of how the band first started was he was playing some solo songs and I was, you know, I said, Hey, you know, let me, um, let me back you up a little bit on bass because I had come back from New York and I wasn't really doing much of anything. And, um, and I, you know, I always liked his, his style and stuff. So I think we just kind of got together and we got together with a friend of ours who was a drummer and we just kind of hammered out some songs and it just, it just worked. Um, and, you know, Mike kind of let me do, do my thing a little bit. Um, and, uh, you know, it just kind of gelled. And then, you know, over the years, we say 12 years, but there is, 
periods of time where we were sort of inactive. Um, Michael went to school, you know, I started a family. Uh, Mike's kids were little for a time. You know, we went through a period of time where probably for two years, we didn't have a, a steady drummer, which, um, you know, is really tough um, in terms of gigging and in, certainly in terms of writing. Um, so, sure. you know, we had a series of of kind of like, you know, drummers who would stay with us for six months or whatever. But, you know, through, throughout it all, it was Michael and myself. And, um, you know, like I said, it's, it's at this point, it's kind of like a, you know, it's such a strong friendship anyway. Um, and so this is just kind of something that we can do that's an artistic outlet that, you know, we enjoy collaborating and it's also fulfills, um, you know, sort of like an artistic outpouring. And so if you don't mind, it might be putting you into a little bit of a vulnerable position, but what exactly is the collaboration like between you and Mike? Um, no, it's, uh, yeah, not, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, Will, I think originally it was mostly, like I said, myself backing up Michael. Michael had a ton of material written and he was constantly writing. Mike's a little more prolific than me. So he's, um, you know, he's cranking out songs pretty, at a pretty good, pretty good clip. Um, and then he would kind of come with a, you know, a, a guitar line and, and vocals. And then I sort of lay down the bass over it, um, you know, make sure that everyone's cool with the way the direction it's going. Um, and then, you know, sort of vice versa. When I come up with something, um, I come with a baseline and, you know, lyrics. And it's, it's pretty organic, I think, at this point, especially with Mac now. I mean, we're really, I think, kind of the other drawback of 2019, you know, the sort of the coronavirus was that we were, I think, really gelling in terms of chemistry and in terms of collaboration um you know to the point where mac is coming mac's coming with songs now and and you know we're you know we're we're doubling vocals and you know we're ganging up on vocals and you know we're we're collaborating in terms of trading off on lines and i, I just think it's like a whole new sort of level in terms of uh you know i think michael's really good at uh sort of you know he's taking the direction of the band but he also let it you know give up the reins a little bit and sort of you know he's not such a you know a band leader in the sense of like the ego fueled you know crazy man you know where it's got his his way of the highway you know so it's it's uh i don't know it's it's an interesting collaboration i don't really know how to explain it much no, that's, than that but thank all, you that's... we all bring our yeah we all bring our own kind of perspectives to it and it, it somehow works in this kind of crazy crazy amalgam you know so it, it really does work it's something when i was and i i remember you know when at least seeing you guys live that last time and then definitely on the record there's a certain level um you can just sense that chemistry that's just awesome yeah, and also add to that that i feel like you have a very distinct sound um, where it's almost like each member is kind of playing their own set, yeah. but, at, but, but at the same time, it also all collectively comes together, too. Yeah, I think that's true. It's, uh, it's <laughs> an, 
I, yeah, I don't know. It's, um, I, I think for sure. Yeah. It's like, it's a rare uh, quality and I, I appreciate because people, people have also sort of described my band in that same kind of way. I, I always kind of felt a kinship with you guys, at least in, in terms of that it's it's for sure it's sort of a weird it's a weird quality but like it's so it seems like it's so rare that when you feel that kinship with someone it's like it's it's wild yeah yeah for sure it's i don't know yeah i don't know how to explain that i mean it's just a great chemistry and michael has influences and i have my influences and mac has his influences and they all sort of you know, marry each other and kind of come out, you know, once removed and to these like, you know, pretty weird songs. So <laughs> I don't know. I think it works. You know, it works for us. So that's, that's, that's cool. So yeah, I was gonna say, and like, I think sort of with that description, I, I didn't, I meant that in like a very good way that I felt like, um, you know, that not necessarily as perhaps as chaotic as like G. Gordon Gritty, for example, but but with that sort of idea um, that, you know, people are, you guys are all playing together, but, you know, each of your individual styles, I think really do come through. And like, I think that's part of what makes the band really cool is that it is very like distinct, like, I don't know, it's hard. And there's this- it's like uh, anti-rock roll. <laughs> it's weird. Well, no, I think I know what you're saying. Maybe not anti-rock roll. Like, it's but a it's bad description, like, but... No, I know. I think it's kind of like a little bit of no wave, perhaps, where there's sure. not... Yeah, it's not like... Um, I don't know. It's like almost like a feeling more than anything yeah. else, where it's like not like he's throwing it on like it's like a, a pop song or rock and roll song that you know necessarily jam out to but when you jam out to like each member's style i guess i don't know yeah it's perfect description like, like i can imagine like it feels like like the most excellent jam kind of thing <laughs> you know? but you're not a jam band either in my at all so it's like hard to describe i was thinking about that earlier <laughs> I, I was getting some jam band vibes when i was listening to the album maybe they're For sure i don't know maybe but I feel like it's weird. I, I some uh, vibes I get, especially um, in in your vo- in your vocals, uh, uh, Devin. I feel like a lot of uh, the Minutemen and Fugazi. Yeah, we we get that a lot. It's interesting because I, I mean I've I've heard that for sure. People have said that to me. Um, I haven't listened to like I you know I I'm not too into either band, but I mean obviously uh there's an appreciation um but yeah it's interesting i've gotten that before um it might be more spiritual yeah right (laughs) exactly yeah not exactly especially more a little bit more maybe later or some of fugazi it's not like necessarily an exact uh thing but yeah i I, i'm not surprised that other people have sort of seen that and uh, another band like you mentioned earlier with mini me's um peter yeah, Peter Prescott or whatever. Um, I'm not as familiar with Benny Meese. I didn't. I had. I saw them. Uh, I think once or twice. But but I um I was thinking of with Peter's other you know the other band, uh, Mission of Burma. Sure. Like, that also, um, again, not yeah, like an spiritualism. 
but yeah, I don't know if that was an influence at all because because I I can feel some um, uh, Mission of Merman vibes as well. Yeah, I think a little bit for sure. There's definitely an appreciation there. Um, you know, I think I think the interesting thing for for Michael and myself certainly is like a lot of like the late um, 70s, early 80s, like Northern England scene. Um, you know, uh, uh, for me, certainly like Peter Hook in terms of bass, you know, bass playing in terms of, you know, Joy Division and Water and his style um, was probably an influence on my, my playing uh, in terms of vocals. I'm not really sure, but I've always, you know, sort of through high school and growing up, I was big into like that sort of Northern, you know, Manchester sound and all that. So that was kind of my, my gateway into, um, you know, did you ever, I, I don't know if I'm, I, don't, I can't, I don't think I do, but maybe I did. But do you ever, do you ever try that Northern English affect in your voice or you just know? I don't try to. Maybe that's not the I right know. word. I don't know. I don't know if there was that uh, pretense there. I hope not, but uh, <laughs> no, I mean, well, <laughs> it's a weird thing. Cause um, I would say, uh, well, going back to kind of like what you were just saying, when you said that it made me like, it dawned on me, like there's, when you say like, there's an appreciation, like I feel that too. When people are like, Oh yeah. Like, Oh, you must like, like the fall or you like all these bands that I never actually listened to. And then you listen to them, it's like, oh yeah, I was influenced them by them after the fact. Yeah, I think what, yeah, yeah just, I think that's, that's some of the case with, I think some of the bands that you referenced, you know, maybe sort of by proxy through another band that I was into, you know, yeah, I wasn't listening to a lot of Minutemen, but I was listening to, you know, someone else who was influenced by the Minutemen. So it's, exactly. that's the interesting thing about music is that it, it all kind of trickles down. Um, I know that, you know, Michael's a big fall, fan of the fall and, um, you know, I, I have an appreciation. I'm pro- definitely not as much of a, a sort of fan, but, um, you know, I think it's, I think it's interesting just we have a, you know, a fairly wide scope of, of uh, influences and, and things like that. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just an amalgam that. Uh, For sure. Have you, has bass been your primary instrument or what's, what's sort of your relationship to, to instruments? Um, yeah, really none. I mean, I can't, I can't, uh, really play anything. No, it's really just bass and vocals. I mean, I just, I started, picked up the bass in late college and just played it on and off again for years. And that's really been just the one thing I've played. So I don't play anything else. That's awesome. Cool. Um, I was going to ask, since we're talking about influences, is there anything that you think people wouldn't necessarily uh pick up on or think think of as an influence on your music based on like hearing picnic lunch huh um yeah i'm not sure uh i mean i think the other guys definitely i think the other guys are definitely have a little bit more of a of a wider range of influences in terms of like a a more i guess sophisticated i don't know i don't know what you'd call it but they're probably a little more into jazz and stuff like that and we get comments about that sometimes with some jazz influences. Certainly Mac is Mac is more, um, you know, 
savvy with the jazz scene and you know sort of the old school jazz guys and um so i mean i think there's some of that for sure in there definitely with the drumming and i just think with the ethos in terms of you know the idea of it's you know it's both punk rock and sort of jazz uh you know where it's like it doesn't have to be perfect every time you know what i mean like the mistakes are going to come and that's part of the that's part of the the song in the moment you know so i think we're you guys there yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's like another the mistake. Yeah, so I mean, I think part of the song. Yeah, so I mean, I think we're kind of like you know three three you know white guys playing no wave or um, you know punk rock sloppy you know weird uh, noise rock or whatever. But I mean, there's a, definitely a jazz a jazz tilt, if you will. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't speak for the other two guys in terms of specific influences but i mean i actually you know i got some i got some love for some some classic rock i was <laughs> I, you know i grew up as a classic rock kid and uh you know i think you know sort of as i was coming to age college radio was becoming more of a thing and my i had an older brother who was sort of introducing me to some of these bands mm. coming down the pipeline you know it was coming more popular like you know R, rem and the pixies and sugar cubes and all those guys who then, you know, introduced me to the next realm of, you know, you know, getting a little deeper into that sort of scene. So, um, you know, how you turned out to be a punk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It sounds like, uh, like, uh, I, I think we, we had a similar thing where it's like kind of start off with the, you know, the music that is, more mainstream or that's initially available to you then you get hear some of these other like you know bands like pixies or something like that sure and then kind of keep getting you know deeper you hear something like you know mission of burma or whatever or something like big big black and then still then you kind of get down into more like underground stuff or even like a local stuff i don't know and we've talked to some people where it's it's I don't know, it's funny like there's a kid that has come out to some of our shows hey you sound done. great by the way now chris oh thanks again there uh it's a kid that we know that coming up goes up to shows that like you know he's a teenager and it just it's it's like fascinating to me that we're you know it's like one hand getting into some of these other stuff like like pixies or whatever but then also seeing like local bands it's like wow I don't, I don't know for for us anyway that was it was more like a sort of a gradual thing um i guess i was, was gonna say as well were, were you going out to shows when you were a teenager or or was that like a thing that did you do that more when you started playing music in college i'm sorry i missed a little bit of that you said that the, they were listening to the pixies and they they got into what i'm sorry sorry about that oh that's okay just like into more like obscure stuff or, or whatever so it's like saying with for you for you were you was it more of like a gradual thing of getting into like the underground kind of obscure stuff or were you did did you go to like shows or stuff like that in, in high school yeah so i think the thing with me is like it, it was kind of like i think similar to that kid um you know full bore where you kind of i was listening to these sort of college rock you know stuff in the late 90s or whatever or i'm sorry early 90s i guess late 80s and then i i you know came down to umass dartmouth and then we were close to providence so then you sort of see some local bands and then you saw 
you know, I, I discovered Six Finger Satellite and, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. Jesus Lizard playing with them and some some really like intense shows. And that kind of blew my mind a little bit. I mean, like, you know, I was still pretty young and I hadn't introduced to a lot of like, uh, you know, real dissonant, you know, I guess, noise rock. Um, right. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, it was kind of like a gateway um, and just sort of that live experience of seeing, you know, smaller shows, going to the old Met Cafe and stuff down here. Um, so I think I just kind of fell in love with it. I fell in love with the the idea of, you know, 100 people stuffed in a sweaty room and, you know, getting your ears blasted out by some crazy band, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I just, something about it just uh, fulfilled some something in me. So um, I kind of just fell in love with it and then kind of, through that, I think, you know, my, you know, what I listen to at home and stuff hasn't, hasn't changed too much. And like, I think, I think I still like to listen to like, you know, more chill stuff at home. But if I'm going to like see a show, I want to get like, want to see something exciting. You know, I, I, I like, yeah. I like the idea of, of these, you know, small sweaty rooms and, you know, kind of in your face performances. Um, that's just something that I've always kind of really enjoyed. So I like it, you know. Same. Yeah. I respect that. Um, yeah. And, um, well, so yeah, speaking of shows, was with, um, do you remember the first picnic lunch show? <laughs> uh, geez. I remember one of the early shows, picnic lunch shows. Yeah. I don't know if I remember the first one though, honestly. I'm sure I could remember it, but yeah i think it was in new bedford for sure but um we had a di- you know we had a different drummer and stuff so each chapter is you know kind of i start i start the clock again you know but um like i said with mac recently you know with the last couple of years it's been a really good chapter and i think you know we've been working on new material we put out your boy two years ago and um we're we started recording something else and we're just writing songs and uh, trying to get together when we can. And it's been, I just think we're really kind of a great, a great point right now in terms of the collaboration. It's really exciting. It feels that way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, I was excited to hear the album. Um, you know, I was having seen you guys play for a number of years now. I was, was excited to, to hear it. And um, is there a favorite one of those songs? Oh wait, hold on. I was just gonna oh, say sorry, real quick. Was, um, I do like that it's uh, kind of like a little bit spaced out. Some of the the releases you've had, yeah. Um, and I, I mean, as a fan, I, I kind of generally prefer that with with bands. But I mean, I mean, I mean, sometimes it's you know people can obviously do whatever they want. But I know sometimes when I see some for some bands when they're just like putting out a ton of stuff, it's like. I don't know. It's almost like quantity over quality for, for me sometimes that sure. I, I like yeah. the fact that like, you know, you can go to your Bandcamp page and there's a few re- albums there, but they're all, you know, they're all stellar. So it's, it's, I, I, I kind of prefer that personally. I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think right now, um, you know, some inspiration has been coming. So I think, you know, when that comes, you gotta try to capture it in the bottle and, um, so, you know, I think I think we're working on some stuff right now that I think is pretty 
I don't know. It's pretty, it's a little different for us. And I think it's really exciting. So, um, you know, <laughs> I'm that. just excited for it. I just oh, can't yeah. wait for, uh, for, you know, COVID to kind of mellow out and yeah. us be able to get out there again and, you know, and, and play. So. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, oh uh, yeah, Glenn, sorry, you were going to say, uh, I was just asking about on, on the album, if, uh, there's any any particular favorite one, the one that really stuck out to me um i think i mean i love them all but i think the one that i really loved was these blue eyes are a weapon <laughs> yeah uh yeah i mean that's that's i i like that song a lot it's kind of turned into this kind of like rock monster for me um where it's it's just a really fun song to play live especially if i remember all the lyrics there's a lot of lyrics in there for me so uh sometimes i struggle <laughs> a little bit remembering them all but uh in terms of how they go but um but yeah it's 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 a great it's got a great energy to it and uh, it really does it it's really sort of yeah it, it was because i was like when i was listening to them i was like one of the i mean i m- remember before i said anti-rock and roll i was also thinking like anti-garage rock too but then once once I heard that song, it 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 almost felt like an inching towards like maybe a, a little bit more garagier energy, but still not quite there. And that's that's the amazing thing about picnic lunch is it's it's it really feels so I don't know what the word it is, but it's just maybe deconstructionist. It's just it's just not quite there, but that's what makes it the best. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that's a, yeah, exactly. I kind of, I have to concur with that. And I, I sort of, I often prefer that, you know, I mean, it's, it's weird. It's like, there's definitely things that are good where it's like, if I want to listen to, you know, whatever, like this dance thing, or if I want to listen to this hardcore band, it's like, I go listen to, you know, whatever. It's like, you know, do whatever, like minor threat or, you know, whoever. But, but I also kind of enjoy they're the sort of bands where you can't quite put your finger on it exactly. Like there's this band called the Icky Boyfriends from the nineties that one and I are big fans of. And I think something that we just really like about them is it's not, they're not just like a punk band or a garage band or a noise band or whatever it is. They're just this, this, this awesome. They just they have just great songs. They in there. Yeah, they are what they are. They're just kind of fucked up. And I sort of, I kind of like when things sometimes don't totally sure, make yeah. sense. Yeah. And I think that picnic lunch can, can yeah, apply yeah, to that. Yeah, for sure. And I think I think that's the thing is I think with the different influences and the different songwriters, I think that also, you know, sort of all the songs don't really necessarily sound the same or don't sound, you know, there's a similar sound, but there's not, there's not like a, a you know, there's not like a, you know, I think it's, it's a song, world. It's its own little thing, you know? So that's, yeah, it's its own it's world. Cool. That's, that's always been like the, for at least for me, I don't know. I mean, obviously people must disagree with that because I feel like this this is not true at all in a lot of pop music and a lot of like EDM or like dance music. I don't think it's true. Like where maybe, hey, maybe it might be actually where it's its own world. Um, and a lot of the, the best, or at least my favorite bands kind of are involved in this, this really thing. You can't, yeah, like Chris said, you can't put a finger on it. It's, it really mm-hmm. becomes its own thing and 
Yeah, sure. I, I give you guys a lot of a lot of credit for that, which is like it's almost seems like you're trying for it, but you're when I say that it seems like it, but it's not like that at all. I'm sure mm. it's like you're not trying to specifically create this world that you just do. Yeah, it's pretty organic, honestly. It's it's I don't know. It's just uh, I'm not gonna say it comes easy because it, it doesn't. I mean, but it's it's uh. I don't know. It's just enjoyable. The collaborations, I think we all enjoy the collaboration and we all enjoy each other's company. So it just, it comes naturally in a way, you know, I mean, it's still work, but um, you know, I don't know. I think one of us will kind of, you know, see the, see the vision that someone else has and kind of take it in their own little direction and then, you know, usually do it some justice. So I think that's kind of cool, you know? Definitely. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, you've played a lot in, uh, New Bedford, of course. Uh, what, what, like, I know, uh, so let's see, like, we're familiar with some of the spots, like no problemo, sure. but, uh, what are some of the other, like, like places in, in New Bedford, like venues? So we played at, um, we played at, there was not a lot of venues, um, but I mean, no prob, Craig who runs no prob is great. He's always been a support of the scene, you know, even though his, his restaurant, I'm sure he doesn't have to do that at all, you know, um, in terms of financial success, but I mean, he still does it because he, he wants there to be a scene there. So, um, he does it, uh, this place called Circa is right. in, in a warehouse. They have, they, they were on the 4752 festival. He has this yeah. warehouse. He does it and he's, he's had some events there. There's an event, uh, there's a space called um, the Co-Creative Center, which is downtown. Um, that's kind of like an open space I've put on a, there before. Um, yeah, just sort of like some different pop-up shows, but there's not a ton of, there's not a ton of regular venues. So that's why I have to get creative and do stuff like the 4752 Festival. Right. There's, there's not a lot of venues doing it, so um was the you know, trap house you know, interesting oh my god the trap house is great there right. was like uh it was like a you know it was its own great little chapter of new bedford you know music history um you know mike was bringing in different bands from out of town and you know hosting local bands and we played there i think three times which was great mm -hmm. and um a couple times with mike's band which you know they were awesome and it was a lot of fun it was it was great while it lasted and i you know yeah kind of leading up just before COVID, I, I, I had ends on two spaces. One is actually at that space, which is run by this band, this uh, group by the, called The Collective, who basically have a performance space. And then there's another space right downtown. Um, and they're running this, uh, it's a center called the Communal Center, which is kind of like a, it's an all, it's a catch-all sort of, uh, you know, community space. But cool. both of them, I was going to start doing shows at. And, uh, you know, COVID happened. So we'll see what happens when the dust settles. But um, I'd love to do, you know, I'd love to put on shows once a month or so, you know, here, do some stuff, so. Yeah, absolutely. And props to you for, for that initiative. I Sometimes it just takes, you know, it, it takes someone to to just make things happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's, it, if, you know, if there's not a scene, you got to just kind of try to make a scene, you know, and uh, 
it's something that I, I want to do. And, um, you know, in terms of all the bands that I've already always played in, you know, we've always been sort of oddball bands. So it's always been better for me just to book the whole shows rather than trust it in some, you know, booker's hands or whatever. So, mm. you know, we still kind of do that a lot unless we're playing, you know, a show that someone puts on that we know kind of get it, like, you know, you guys or Dan Shea or some of the Providence venues, you know, but if I'm putting something together here, I'm going to put the whole thing together, you know, just because it's, this is easier. I'd rather play like my advance, you know.
thinking of venues in uh, New Bedford, I've never uh, been to this place, but I've, I've heard of, um, it's called, uh, I think it's like the, was it Poor Farm Tavern or something? Yeah, Poor Farm, yep. Poor, okay, yeah, have, have you played there? We have, yeah. Um, yeah, we played there. It was, that space is a little tough. Uh, it's like, um, <clears throat> we have some friends who put together shows there and, um, but I think for more like louder bands or more dissonant bands, I don't know if it's a good space. It's kind of a, uh, it's yeah. kind of a small narrow room and it doesn't necessarily get the group of people um, going to see the music. You know, you're almost like, you're almost like, a, you know, I don't, I don't know that there's a, I know exactly what you mean. Go to the same shows. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas no problem they, you know, if you're there at that time, it's because they've closed and you're there to see the show. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah. Their yeah, hours, no, their hours oh. end at ten, and no problem. The, the the show starts at ten thirty. Whereas, whereas the poor farm, you could just be trying to go there to meet a friend for a drink, and you happen to be upon a rock show. You know? So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah. I, I hear you. <laughs> we played there once, but it, it's not a great fit for us. I don't think. Um, some other oh, some awesome. other people like to play there, and that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Like, definitely, like, uh, at least with, like, Johnny and the Foodmasters, I won't get too deep into it, but we've had some, uh, we've had some sort of strange incidents of times, or in times when uh, we've played those kind of places. This is where, uh, you know, it's it's like someone's just there for a drink, and they're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> You're basically ruining someone's night at that point, you know? Yeah. It's like the show, the show must go on, though playing destination soups during the middle of the day versus playing after hours. I don't think he'd probably want us to be there at, uh, during at, at 12 30 PM. Exactly. Yeah. You guys would kill my lunch rush. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I, um, I, I did. And I said that I would enjoy it, but I don't know about Bob the accountant from across the street. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, well that's a, uh, yeah. I mean, we obviously knew that you put together the four seven five two fest, um, but I didn't realize like that you would. That I didn't know about you had booking shows in New York or even uh, putting on the picnic lunch shows in uh, New Bedford. Um, do you have any words of uh, advice for people book shows or for us? Um, cause you know, we like to put on shows, but we're always curious to hear like, yeah, well, you know, someone who's been doing other people it. Oh, uh, geez. I don't know. I mean, um, I kind of like, uh, well, you know, I'll kind of, in terms of picnic lunch currently, like what I'll do, because I'm not in the scene as much, I'll kind of like internet stock people a little bit in terms of like finding bands that are out there for playing on Western mass. I'll try to like scour show, you know, cool venue sites in other towns that have, you know, maybe a, a band that I know, I know of and, and see who they play with and kind of, kind of that kind of deal. Um, yeah. I mean, with New Bedford, it's tough. And, you know, Eric Bailey's obviously is a, he's the longstanding, uh, you know, king of uh, underground rock here. And then there's us and then there's, you know, a few other people here and there, but that's pretty much the scene for kind of this kind of weirder music that we're doing. Um, so we tend to 
we tend to play out a lot in terms of out of town. Um, you know, so, I mean, the scene is only kind of what you can, you know, you can try to make the scene, but I'm saying like, you know, we try not to exhaust New Bedford too much. We try to play here maybe once or twice a year, typically. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Because, and then we'll, you know, we'll do weekends. We'll go out to Western Mass. We have a group, you know, a great group of people out there that we love to play with. And I just feel like the scene out there is much more open and we're, we're starting to get into Providence a little more in Boston. And, you know, we try to get out of town when we can, because I just find that, you know, people are a little more receptive in general. That's yeah, wonderful. Well, that's actually a that's actually kind of a that's a really cool thing because um, you get to it's almost like you get to go on tour in a way you know that that at least that aspect of tour that you're playing to a new different uh, different audience or different group of people um, just through like going to different areas in New England because um, like you don't have as many options perhaps in New Bedford that you you know, it sort of forces you to get out of, get out of town that, that like in say in Boston, a lot of bands uh, can get complacent just playing to the same kinds of crowds and everything. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think when we play New Bedford, we're going to play to the same group of people who, you know, will come out and support us when we play in town. But sure. like you said, we don't want to, you know, exhaust those people and be like, Hey, we're playing again. <laughs> it's uh, a good it's kind of like, uh, you know, you want to try to, spread your wings a little bit and you know i don't know what how it's going to be post covid but mm-hmm. pre covid we were doing that you know a few times a year we'd get out and just do it like a long weekend or just do a weekend you no, know even just a, interesting you know just go up to boston we you know you guys had us up there we played uh geez what was it club bohemia or something what was it yeah 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 so i mean you know we'll do that you know just a weekend show we'll go up there and play that or you know maybe play the providence the next night or play new bedford the next night or whatever you know i mean just things like that you know where because there are enough you know we, we're playing worcester now and then and like i said western mass has been really great for us um so try to get out of town when we can and um i don't know i mean in, in terms of booking shows i don't know i did it i did a lot in new york and you know kind of as picnic lunch i've taken on sort of the quasi band manager business end of it um, michael's definitely the artistic force mm-hmm. in terms of both visual art in terms of you know he's he did a lot of the you know or all the al- album art and um kind of the vision of the band i kind of do the business aspect in terms of you know, booking the shows and or for the most part. And, um, and Mac is sort of the technical guru. He's like anything that goes wrong on stage or <laughs> he's like, really, he works in a music store. So he's like super knowledgeable in terms of um, all the ins and outs of the equipment and stuff, you know, in ways yeah. that Michael and I aren't. It's a really good compliment. <laughs> That's um, awesome. You know, and we all do a little bit of, you know, we all will kind of, you know, go, you know, we're, it's not exclusively my role and it's not exclusively Michael's role. And it's not exclusively Max role, but we'll all try to, you know, t- take on a little bit of each other's role here and there. But for the most part, I'd say that's how it works. Cause I try to book you know, the majority of the shows and, you know, um, things like that. So. Yeah. When you're, when you're out of town, especially as like a, you know, owning your own business and having a family that it, it must be nice 
to work that in those you must really cherish all those little mini tours yeah it's it's really great and i mean um you know props to my wife who's who puts up with my uh (laughs) still plugging away at this you know into my 40s shenanigans you know uh yeah exactly and um you know i think she recognizes that it's it's a it's a part of me and always has been a part of me and um you know i think that it's important for both michael and myself and mac to an extent to get out and you know do it so um you know it's it fulfills some aspect of our of our personality and you know it's great when we can do it we can when we can do it it's great you know I can't wait to do yeah. it again. Oh, I, yeah. I, I can't wait. Yeah, no, when I when I saw that you guys were doing th- that, and I know that you have been, I, I always was, just thought that was the coolest thing. Because even when we came down to play in New Bedford, you know, for the for the festival, it, it truly felt like, even though it was one night, it felt like going on tour. And I'm sure, like, that's kind of what Chris was getting at, too. Right, yeah. That's, that's more or less what I was kind of getting at, that, like, that feeling of playing, uh, uh, you know, a completely different place, um, you know, and, and even the, yeah, like, you know, I don't, you know, obviously it's like not like a full flood tour, but you still are playing, you're still going a distance and playing to a new, you know, in a new city or whatever. And it's just that like, yeah, just, just that feeling is just, is pretty cool that, yeah, you, at least even for us, like new Bedford, it's like, it's like, that's, you know, we've never really, you know, it's tour besides that trap thing we've never been there yeah so it's kind of it's like whoa it's yeah even though it's still massachusetts it's still like a completely different place yeah absolutely yeah it's it's fun just to get out and play play to different faces and play different rooms and you know just go on the road with your buddies and have a good time you know it's that's that's kind of it's it's some really you know some great experiences that i i cherish you know and it's yeah, amazing definitely. doing it, just playing playing music too, which is a wild thing. Like if you think like, oh wow, this is the music that I'm contributing to, and I'm you know playing this in a different town, a different city. Um, yeah. Damn. Yeah, I mean, because it's true. It's like I think a lot of people wouldn't necessarily even think that too. Of like, like you, you when people hear that, like it's like, oh, I'm doing like a it's like someone's going on like tour or playing like yeah playing out of town it's like to to like normal people or whatever they they almost uh, i think sometimes people think that's like oh that's something that only like a bigger like established Mm, right well that's a good point (laughs) because i'm sure Devin would agree like um you know i feel like when you get to a certain age especially when you're safe you're in your 40s don't you feel like a lot of your peers they're either maybe in bar bands or they're in the underground and there's such a vast difference. <laughs> there's such a vast difference. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. It's like, yeah, in your forties, you know, 80% of your friends are asleep on the couch at, you know, eight o'clock <laughs> or nine o'clock. And then 10, 10 are, you know, they're in the bar bands and they're getting paid, you know, they're getting paid well. And then the other 10% of them are the maniacs who are, you know, doing these underground shows. So you know, but I can't hate on the I can't hate on the uh, the cover bands because those guys, you know, like I said, they get they get paying gigs, so that's that's pretty cool. So you know, no, it's nice. yeah, it's a whole other world. It's wild because like we're, it we're, totally is we're a cover band, but we're not that kind of cover band, you know. 
Yeah, you guys aren't playing any weddings anytime soon that I know of anyway. I don't know. Maybe you are. But... <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Uh, yeah. No, it's... um. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, well, with the, with the, with the underground stuff, it just, uh, you know, it might not pay as you know really but but like it's still it's just that's that's really where the good stuff is nor you know um as you know yeah absolutely i wouldn't no i wouldn't change it for a paycheck at all yeah it's more of an enriching experience than than the monetary way of course yeah i mean uh, yeah that's kind of funny is that i actually i think i've said this before where it's like um if if i usually get like uh skeptical of if, if if people say that like from the on like on the onset or whatever if someone's like i'm not in it for the for the money and i always like be like it's like it's just i don't know it's weird i'm always sort of like cynical if someone brings it up like, it's like it's just weird because i feel like it's not something people would say or like even think you know what i mean it's like <laughs> right. yeah, it's right. like what money what, what are you talking about i mean like because i mean whatever amount it's like not not a lot you know or anything if, sure. if and then we especially we consider like the expenses of being in in band or doing anything that's really cool and worthwhile it's really more just what you're the fact that like you were saying glenn of just being able to make your music and then go out there and perform you know it's like that that's and then meet people and all this other stuff that happens i don't know but yeah um, it's better than it's better than you know just playing that local gig as a cover band, you know, doing 60s to 2010s music. And then, yeah, for sure. and then I just mean, that's, that's collecting that money, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the amazing, and all of those guys, you know, they'll just stay in town and play the same bars, you know? Right. Um, but I mean, that's the thing with playing out and playing, you know, doing these mini tours is like, we've, I've, I've met some people who I never would have met right yeah i mean at the 4752 fest uh, we definitely we met a lot of people you know that we probably would have never met you know towns and you know i think it's just and you know like i said we're not going any far flung places of the country we're pretty much staying in new england you know some new york and that's pretty much it i mean there's enough little towns and and places in, that in the area that it's definitely cool yeah, it's definitely it's definitely worth the trip, you know. Would you consider yeah. going out? Would you would you have you ever toyed with the idea of doing like a a broader U.S. tour? I mean, you know, if like like if it became the point where we were gotten some neck recognition, and you know, I think it's just at this point with my family and with you know Michael's family and just kind of where we are in our lives, you know, we would have to we would have to be those guys who got paid a little bit to do that. You know, it would have to be like Goner Fest. Maybe would you like, if Goner Fest is like, would you want to play our fest? You, you yeah, might consider be, doing that kind of like mini. Yeah. It'd have to be, yeah. It'd have to be some sort of cool experience like that. Totally. You know, but like, I don't know about driving to, you know, Columbus, Ohio to play some, some bar, you know, and hope for the best. I mean, I, I kind of did that. Uh, you know, we, my New York band, we did a couple like, you know, half halfway around the country tours and, you know, with mixed results. I mean, they were good while, while we did them, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm kind of concentrating my, most of my efforts on New England because it's doable to right. kind of my, keep my schedule as it is and see my family and, 
you know, go away for a weekend now and then, but that's pretty much, that's pretty much it. I mean, if we blew up and, you know, we were getting a, you know, a guarantee and we're playing like a, a room that we knew we was going to be packed out in, you know, Cleveland or something. Yeah, sure. We'd be there, but uh, you know, I don't know for that. <laughs> Unfortunately, you know, I, it could, know. I hope, I hope it does happen for you guys. I mean, you definitely, it's, it's wild. Cause I figure like any, anyone that has like a remote interest in like kind of the early eighties, like hardcore post-punk stuff, they, they'd have to kind of pick their head up and be like, all right, you know, this is our shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Hey, it'd be, it'd be awesome. I'd, I'd welcome it. I'd welcome it as a new, uh, you know, a new, a new chapter for sure. Um, but I mean, you know, right now we're doing it for just sort of the, like I said, the artistic expression and the, you know, the, the kinship of, of, you know, the camaraderie of, of, you know, this is a band and are sort of our friends in the scene, you know, you guys included and, you know, everyone, everyone throughout, you know, just for the love of the music. Yeah, absolutely. Like, likewise. And yeah, likewise. Uh, yeah, definitely. Well, we want I wanted to ask you, um, we ask everyone this question. Um, and we talked a little bit about this throughout the podcast. Um, but when, when do you think shows will return? Um, I mean, I think that you could definitely have some outdoor shows this summer. Yeah, for sure. Um, in yeah. terms of, you know, in terms of 30 sweaty people in a basement, uh, I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean, I mean, I'd like to say by the end of this year, but I don't, I just don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I think I think what everyone needs to do really in the meantime is just really concentrate on making it work in the warmer months. You know, us being yeah. in New England, us being in New England, and pretty much you know saying from April till early October, we're going to try to figure out some ways to get some shows in. Yeah, I'm thinking about that too. Like, we want to start like reaching out yeah. to, like, I, I'm I'm down to reach out to like the city of Somerville just to see maybe you know we have a history of booking shows in the area is there any way that we could maybe utilize an outdoor spot just to to put on some arts you know safely yeah 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 we have a few ideas and uh we definitely yeah i mean yeah i I agree 100 percent you i think that we that's yeah that's definitely a, a big thing that i i i'm glad you said it and i hope you know people Chris was talking about this back in like last May. He was like, we got to already game. We got a game plan for when things are okay. Yeah. No, I mean, really, I I think people need to, you know, like you're saying, like really, especially with like the the weather and like outdoors, they really have to make use of that, you know what I mean? And make use of those outlets. And I don't know. Yeah. I mean, for, for me, it's like, I think that would be, you know, like a lot of fun to do a lot of to do some outdoor stuff and you've i mean you've already experienced that and, yeah you know, Devin, have, and have you did you have awesome. to like talk with the the city of new bedford for the the festival or do you have any communications with them to to facilitate uh, things I mean, or I would you go that way i i probably wouldn't um just because i have a pretty good relationship with some people in the city but i think it was just easier to keep it on private in private businesses, you know, this is of course pre-COVID, 
you know, now with COVID, it's, it's, it really, you know, it throws a curveball into everything. So I think now I think I would have no choice to really go through this city because I think, you know, obviously you don't want to get in trouble messing with a pandemic and stuff like that. You right. Know? So, I mean, it, it's, it, you know, it's definitely changed the playbook, but I think, it could I work. Think, think anyone out there who's, you know, thinking about doing shows or saying, Oh, I really wish we could play or whatever. I mean, now's the time to really start lining stuff up for, for, you know, April, May. So that's going to be here soon. Right. You know, I mean, yeah. it's like, think about like a, think about it like a regular show. You usually book it two or three months out. So, I mean, two or oh, three yeah, months true. Damn. Two one one. I wow. So, I mean, two, you know, two, two or three months out, we're, we're, we're in there. So, I mean, now's, now's the time to really start, start coming up with some ideas. I know. We should know get, let's, get, let's get a picnic lunch back up here. We have some, hey, like, we, we kind of have some, like, low-key ideas. We're yeah, we, we have a, I mean, I know we have you, some guys are, ideas. you guys are creative, and I know, you know, Dan Shea, like I've mentioned a few times, is he's, you know, he's a creative guy, and there's enough people up there that can make it happen, and, you know, I can do my thing down here, and there's some other people, but, I mean, I'm saying, like, rather than we can have, like, sitting a on the network. bench for another year, yeah, you know, rather than sitting on the bench for another year, I think, you know, we we just got to all kind of put our heads together and say, you know, hey, you know, we're going to have, you know, four or five more months coming up here in, you know, three or four months. So let's, 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 let's make, let's make the best of it because, you know, then we're going to be back in the fall and the winter and we're not going to know what's going to happen. Hopefully, you know, hopefully all things going well, we'll be back to kind of somewhat semblance of normal. I'm not sure how realistic that is, but, you know, let's, I think so. Let's, yeah. But in the meantime, let's in the make meantime we could like make again. some real big stuff happen. Like we should have like let's a yeah. like a let's little stop. thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, we <laughs> like a little. We we could do like a um, like a like a New Bedford, Boston, Western Mass like helter skelter or whatever it's called yeah that'd be great you know what i mean i figured it was called but like like a little like they definitely had them in the past but like something along those lines i mean there's no reason why we can't and we can we can maybe get it lined up um, unless people are like yeah. extremely hesitant to even well that's the, the thing so like here's here's the thing is that like the I mean, the, the, I mean, I don't know, I'm not obviously not, not like a medical expert or whatever, but, um, but I feel like, you know, I mean, it's definitely, it's, it's feasible uh, outside because the virus doesn't appear to have be uh, spread really outdoors from what, you know, just generally like what we've uh, come to learn, you know I mean? And if people are, you know, you know, even like decently distance in or in or, or in a big public space or whatever, you can, you know, I think it would be fine. And also people are starting to get the vaccine too. So like yeah. by like spring, summer, I think would will be like golden really. I mean, I, it's weird. I was just, uh, I was in Harvard Square a couple months ago and, you know, there was someone just performing like kind of like busking outside and a bunch of people were all around just watching. And I'm like, you know, everyone's, you know, you know, not necessarily on top of each other, but, but, you know, it was, 
a decent amount of people and you know that was in like december or something like okay this could be a show and you know and i think like in warmer weather you can you know it'll be even better and i think especially if people are vaccinated more people are vaccinated that i don't know it just it i i think it's 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 definitely can be done and like you've already seen like last november this past past november rather you guys you know you already did it too so i mean it's definitely yeah i think it's worth uh, i don't know some people have said they're like oh well it's like i want that you know the sweaty basement you know whatever thing and it's like i mean we'll eventually get there to that point but for me honestly it's like i would much rather go to an outdoor show yeah be there in person then do then the uh you know like the online stuff or whatever which hey you know all the power to people doing that but for me personally i'm not really big into that yeah. i mean if people want to do that it, cool it's but not the same it's not the same yeah yeah exactly it's not the same and like the outdoor thing maybe not be exactly the it's definitely not the same as like you know maybe like the sweaty craziness or, or whatever but i to me that's you know that that's uh, it's not you know again it's not the same but it's still like way closer to that no, and I agree. So, yeah and enough so for me that like i it's like yeah that sounds awesome to me I, you know what i mean it's like it, it you know it, it, it i kind of look at it, it's like i don't know it's like yeah sure would i want to go to a, a restaurant right now i mean like like the old times where i normally eat eat indoors yeah sure but like I've eaten outside and it's like, yeah, it wasn't the same experience, but Hey, it was eating outside and uh, you know, I got a good meal. And so it's like, I don't know. I, I kind of look at it. It's like, you know, I feel like I'd hope more people would be willing to do something. That's, that's like that, that even if it's not the exact same thing that we had before, it's still like working in that direction and making use. I don't know. I just, I think it's, it would just be good for everyone. <laughs> No, I'm I'm with you. I think I you know I think the sweaty basement can can wait. I think I think we take what we can get right now. But I think you know I think that's the thing is it's it's in winter time now and you know numbers are really high. So I think a lot of people are freaked out. But I think the thing that the thing about it is it's gonna sneak right up on you. Right. The timing. So so what I'm saying is people got to just act now and say you know we're gonna pick a date you know, some weekend in May and we're going to reverse engineer it, you know, we're going to work backwards and, and just make it happen because I think it's better to have something happen than nothing. And when wait for that sweaty basement that might not come until 2022, you know, I mean, mm. who knows? So I think, yeah. like, like you said, Chris, it's like, just, you know, take, take something and, and, you know, just to keep it alive, you know I mean? Just to keep it going. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's big. Cause I, I do like people weren't as it seemed like last summer, last fall, there wasn't that as much of that and understandably, but. Yeah. Cause we also didn't know as much back then and it was still, you know, pretty early to it, but, but uh, yeah, in, in retrospect, I know. Yeah. We could, it could have been, people could have probably gotten away with doing, you know, maybe not like a ton of stuff, but I think like people could have gotten away with doing some outdoor stuff. And like, yeah, it was kind of like that. A lot of that time was, was really like understandably wasted though. But yeah. 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 I mean, I, like you said, I mean, I feel totally fine. If I'm outdoors, I'm way more like relaxed. I mean, I, 
you know, I'll still rock a mask and all that, but I'm not, I'm not really nervous about outside. I mean, with ventilation and whatnot. It's, right. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, that really is Most people but, are in the same boat, you know? I mean, but, yeah. but with New England, I mean, we only get, you know, we only get a few, few months of really like, you know, prime weather for that. So I think we got to yeah. kind of capitalize when we can. So, I mean, we're, yeah, you yeah. know, we're all a bunch of guys. So I don't think there's any reason why we can't make this happen in some, some, in some facet, you know? It's like you said, the spring, doable. it's, it's coming. It's really approaching quickly. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's coming around the bend. Fast. I mean, it's <laughs> technically next month. <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah yeah i mean i think yeah in two months you're looking at you know whatever um you know april early april it starts getting nicer then you know i mean yeah two and a half months you're you're in pretty nice weather yeah no we have a our buddy um our buddy brian drummer in the food masters and he plays like noise guitarist and gritty he he's been advocating for so long to have a, a generator show and we, we kind of, we did a test run. I forget what month it was. I think it was September, right, Chris? It was early October. Yeah. Early October. We did a test run of uh, just like a generator show outdoors on a mountain up here. And uh, it, it was amazing. And we just thought, wow, it kind of, it gives you hope for, for like the different kinds of things you can do. We'd love to have picnic lunch or fire or something like that. We'd love to be a part of it, man. Yeah, anything. I mean, it, it's like I said, we're we're playing, we're writing some songs right now. We've been doing some recording. We're starting to try to record our next full length. Uh, we got three songs in the bag, and um, and uh, you know, we're getting together when we can. It's been a little tough, obviously, with everything going on, but um, yeah, I think we're we're really itching to to get out there and play again. So we'd love to come up anytime. Hell yeah! Well, I guess. I think this is a, a good note to end on. Um, yeah, we'll definitely keep in touch. Um, we'd love to do something, collaborate. Uh, yeah, definitely. So again, yeah, thanks so much for coming on, Devin. Really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, guys, a pleasure. It's been great talking to you guys, and uh, you know, going down, going down a little bit of memory lane and future rock and roll lane and all that. Nice.